Homily 12, Part 1, of Homilies on Colossians by St. John Chrysostom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Homily 12, Part 1, Colossians 4, 12 through 18. Verses 12 and 13. Epiphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, saluteth you, always striving for you in his prayers, that ye may stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he hath much zeal for you, and for them in Laodicea, and for them in Hierapolis. In the commencement of this epistle also he commended this man for his love, for even to praise is a sign of love. Thus in the beginning he said, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. To pray for one is also a sign of love, and causeth love again. He commends him, moreover, in order to open a door to his teachings, for reverentness in the teacher is the disciple's advantage, and so is again his saying, One of you, in order that they might pride themselves upon the man as producing such men. And he saith, always striving for you in prayers. He said not simply praying, but striving, trembling and fearing. For I bear him witness, he saith, that he hath much zeal for you, a trustworthy witness, that he hath, he saith, much zeal for you, that is, that he loveth you exceedingly, and burneth with passionate affection for you. And them in Laodicea, and them in Herapolis. He commendeth him to those also. But whence were they to know this? They would assuredly have heard. However, they would also learn it when the epistle was read. For he said, Cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans. That ye may stand perfect, he saith. At once he both accuseth them, and without offensiveness gives them advice and counsel. For it is possible both to be perfect, and withal not to stand, as if one were to know all, and still be wavering. It is possible also not to be perfect, and yet to stand, as if one were to know a part, and stand not firmly. But this man prayeth for both, that ye may stand perfect, he saith, See how again he has reminded them of what he said about the angels, and about life, and fully assured, he saith, in all the will of God. It is not enough simply to do his will. He that is filled suffereth not any other will to be within him, for if so, he is not wholly filled. For I bear him witness, he saith, that he hath much zeal, both zeal and great both are intensive as he saith himself when writing to the corinthians for i am jealous over you with a godly jealousy verse fourteen luke the beloved physician saluteth you this is the evangelist it is not to lower this man that he placeth him after but to raise the other namely epaphroditus it is probable that there were others called by this name. And Demas, he says, after saying, Luke, the physician, saluteth you, he added, the beloved. And no small praise is this, but even great exceedingly, to be beloved of Paul. Verse 15. 
salute the brethren that are in laodicea and nymphus and the church that is in their house see how he cements and knits them together with one another not by salutation only but also by interchanging his epistles then again he pays a compliment by addressing him individually and this he doth not without a reason but in order to lead the others also to emulate his zeal for it is not a small thing not to be numbered with the rest mark further how he shows the man to be great seeing his house was a church verse fourteen and when this epistle hath been read among you cause that it be read also in the church of the laodiceans i suppose there are some of the things therein written which it was needful that those also should hear and they would have the greater advantage of recognizing their own errors in the charges brought against others and that ye also read the epistle from laodicea some say that this is not paul's to them but theirs to paul for he said not that to the laodiceans but that written from laodicea verse seventeen and say to archippus take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the lord that thou fulfil it wherefore doth he not write to him perhaps he needed it not but only a bare reminding so as to be more diligent verse eighteen the salutation of me paul with mine own hand this is a proof of their sincerity and affection that they both looked at his handwriting and that with emotion remember my bonds wonderful how great the consolation for this is enough to cheer them on to all things and make them bear themselves more nobly in their trials but he made them not only the braver but also the more nearly interested grace be with you amen it is great praise and greater than all the rest his saying of epaphras who is one of you a servant of christ and he calleth him a minister for them like as he termeth himself also a minister of the church as when he saith whereof i paul was made a minister to the same dignity he advances this man and above he calleth him a fellow-servant and here a servant who is of you he saith as if speaking to a mother and saying who is of thy womb but this praise might have gendered envy therefore he commendeth him not from these things only but also from what had regard to themselves and so he does away with envy both in the former place and here always he saith striving for you not now only whilst with us to make a display nor yet only whilst with you to make a display before you by saying striving he hath showed his great earnestness then that he might not seem to be flattering them he added that he hath much zeal for you and for them in laodicea and for them in hierapolis and the words that ye may stand perfect are not words of flattery but of a reverend teacher both fully assured he saith and perfect the one he granted them the other he said was lacking and he said not that ye be not shaken but that ye may stand 
their being saluted however by many is refreshing to them seeing that not only their friends from among themselves but others also remember them and say to archippus take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the lord his chief aim is to subject them to him entirely for they could no more have complaint against him for rebuking them when they themselves had taken it all upon them for it is not reasonable to talk to the disciples about the teacher but to stop their mouths he writes thus to them say to archippus he saith take heed this word is everywhere used to alarm as when he saith take heed of dogs take heed lest there be any one that makes spoil of you take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling-block to the weak and he always so expresses himself when he would terrify take heed he saith to the ministry which thou hast received in the lord that thou fulfil it he doth not even allow him the power of choosing as he saith himself for if i do this of mine own will i have a reward but if not of mine own will i have a stewardship entrusted to me that thou fulfil it continually using diligence which thou hast received in the lord that thou fulfil it again the word in means through the lord he gave it thee says he not we he subjects them also to him when he shows that they had been committed to his hands by god remember my bonds grace be with you amen he hath released their terror for although their teacher be in bonds yet grace releaseth him this too is of grace the granting him to be put in bonds for hear luke saying the apostles returned from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonour for the name for both to suffer shame and to be put in bonds is indeed to be counted worthy for if he that hath one whom he loveth deemeth it gain to suffer aught for his sake much rather than is it so to suffer for the sake of christ repine we not then at our tribulations for christ's sake but let us also remember paul's bonds and be this our incitement for instance dost thou exhort any to give to the poor for christ's sake remind them of paul's bonds and bemoan thy misery and theirs seeing that he indeed gave up even his body to bonds for his sake but thou wilt not give a portion even of thy food art thou lifted up because of thy good deeds remember paul's bonds that thou hast suffered not of that kind and thou wilt be lifted up no more covetest thou any of the things that are thy neighbours remember paul's bonds and thou wilt see how unreasonable it is that whilst he was in perils thou shouldest be in delights again is thine heart set upon self-indulgence picture to thy mind paul's prison-house thou art his disciple his fellow-soldier how is it reasonable that thy fellow-soldier should be in bonds and thou in luxury art thou in affliction dost thou deem thyself forsaken hear paul's bonds 
and thou wilt see that to be in affliction is no proof of being forsaken wouldst thou wear silken robes remember paul's bonds and these things will appear to thee more worthless than the filth bespattered rags of her that sitteth apart wouldst thou array thee with golden trinkets picture to thy mind paul's bonds and these things will seem to thee no better than a withered bulrush wouldst thou tire thine hair and be beautiful to see think of paul's squalidness within that prison-house and thou wilt burn for that beauty and deem this the extreme of ugliness and wilt groan bitterly through longing for those bonds wouldst thou daub thee with paste and pigment and such like things think of his tears a three years space night and day he ceased not to weep with this adorning deck thy cheek these tears do make it bright i say not that thou weep for others i wish indeed it could be even so but this is too high for thee but for thine own sins i advise thee to do this hast thou ordered thy slave to be put in bonds and wast thou angry and exasperated remember paul's bonds and thou wilt straightway stay thine anger remember that we are of the bound not the binders of the bruised in heart not the bruisers hast thou lost self-control and shouted loud in laughter think of his lamentations and thou wilt groan such tears will show thee brighter far seest thou any persons rioting and dancing remember his tears what fountain has gushed forth so great streams as those eyes did tears remember my tears he saith as here bonds and with reason he spoke thus to them when he sent for them from ephesus to miletus for he was then speaking to teachers he demands of those therefore that they should sympathize also but of these that they should only encounter dangers what fountain wilt thou compare to these tears that in paradise which watereth the whole earth but thou wilt have mentioned nothing like it for this fount of tears watered souls not earth if one were to show us paul bathed in tears and groaning would not this be better far to see than countless choirs gaily crowned i am not now speaking of you but if one having pulled away from the theatre and the stage some wanton fellow burning and drunken with carnal love were to show him a young virgin in the very flower of her age surpassing her fellows both in other respects and in her face more than the rest of her person having an eye tender and soft that gently resteth and gently rolleth moist mild calmly smiling and arrayed in much modesty and much grace fringed with dark lashes both under and over having an eyeball so to speak alive a forehead radiant underneath again a cheek shaded to exact redness lying smooth as marble and even and then any one should show me paul weeping leaving that maiden i would have eagerly sprung away to the sight of him for from his eyes there beamed spiritual beauty for that other transporteth the souls of youths it scorcheth and inflameth them but this on the contrary subdueth them 
this maketh the eyes of the soul more beauteous it curbeth the belly it filleth with the love of wisdom with much sympathy and it is able to soften even a soul of adamant with these tears the church is watered with these souls are planted yea though there be fire sensible and substantial yet can these tears quench it these tears quench the fiery darts of the wicked one remember we then these tears of his and we shall laugh to scorn all present things these tears did christ pronounce blessed saying blessed are they that mourn and blessed are they that weep for they shall laugh such tears did isaiah too and jeremiah weep and the former said leave me alone i will weep bitterly and the latter who will give my head water and mine eyes fountains of tears as though the natural fount were not enough nothing is sweeter than these tears sweeter are they than any laughter they that mourn know how great consolation it possesseth let us not think this a thing to be deprecated but one to be even exceedingly prayed for not that others may sin but that when they sin we may be heartbroken for them remember we these tears these bonds surely too upon those bonds tears descended but the death of the perishing of those that had bound him in them suffered him not to taste the pleasure of the bonds for in their behalf he grieved being a disciple of him that bewept the priest of the jews not because they were going to crucify him but because they were themselves perishing and he doeth not this himself alone but he thus exhorteth others also saying daughters of jerusalem weep not for me these eyes saw paradise saw the third heaven but i count not them so blessed because of this sight as because of those tears through which they saw christ blessed indeed was that sight for he himself even glories in it saying have i not seen jesus christ our lord but more blessed so to weep in that sight many have been partakers and those who have not so been christ the rather calls blessed saying blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed but unto this not many have attained for if to stay here for christ's sake were more needful than to part to him for the sake of the salvation of others surely then to groan for others sake is more needful even than to see him for if for his sake to be in hell is rather to be desired than to be with him and to be separated from him for his sake more to be desired than to be with him for this is what he said for i could wish that i myself were anathema from christ much more as weeping for his sake i ceased not he saith to admonish every one with tears wherefore not fearing the dangers no but as if one sitting by a sick man's side and not knowing what would be the end should weep for affection fearing lest he should lose his life so too did he when he saw any one diseased and could not prevail by rebuke he thenceforward wept so did christ also that happily they might reverence his tears thus one sinned 
he rebuked him the rebuked spat upon him and sprang aloof he wept that haply he might win him even so remember we these tears thus let us bring up our daughters thus our sons weeping when we see them in evil as many women as wish to be loved let them remember paul's tears and groan as many of you as are counted blessed as many are as in bridal chambers as many as are in pleasure remember these as many as are in mourning exchange tears for tears he mourned not for the dead but for those that were perishing whilst alive shall i tell of other tears timothy also wept for he was this man's disciple wherefore also when writing to him he said remembering thy tears that i may be filled with joy many weep even from pleasure so it is also a matter of pleasure and that of the utmost intensity so the tears are not painful yea the tears that flow from such sorrow are even better far than those due to worldly pleasure hear the prophet saying the lord hath heard the voice of my weeping he hath heard the voice of my supplication for where is the tear not useful in prayers in exhortations we get them an ill name by using them not to what they are given us for when we entreat a sinning brother we ought to weep grieving and groaning when we exhort any one and he giveth us no heed but goeth on perishing we ought to weep these are the tears of heavenly wisdom when however one is in poverty or bodily disease or dead not so for these are not things worthy of tears as then we gain an ill name for laughter also when we use it out of season so too do we for tears by having recourse to them unseasonably for the virtue of each thing then discovers itself when it is brought to its own fitting work but when to one that is alien it doth no longer so for instance wine is given for cheerfulness not drunkenness bread for nourishment sexual intercourse for the procreation of children as then these things have gained an ill name so also have tears be there a law laid down that they be used in prayers and exhortations only and see how desirable a thing they will become nothing doth so wipe out sins as tears tears show even this bodily countenance beautiful for they win the spectator to pity they make it respected in our eyes nothing is sweeter than tearful eyes for this is the noblest member we have and the most beautiful and the soul's own and therefore we are so bowed therewith as though we saw the soul itself lamenting end of homily twelve part one